Hello and welcome to Joshua Space, a podcast all about books and pop culture. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about Gallifrey One. It's a Doctor Who convention that takes place in Los Angeles every year. Gallifrey One first started in 1990 and has been going strong ever since, with the exception of 2021 due to the global pandemic, which made this year the 33rd anniversary. Now, I'm really upset about that because I did not find out about this convention until last year. And once I found out, I instantly knew no matter what I was going to attend this year. I did not care what came up. I did not care what was going on in my life. I was going to attend this convention, period. So I immediately bought my ticket last May in 2022 because I was going to make it. The convention itself costs $125 for the weekend, which includes Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There are no options to buy a single day ticket, contrary to other conventions, which I completely understand, especially for the size of this convention. They cap this convention from what I understand at around 3,000 attendees, which is not that large, but at the same time is quite a few people. So I went into this convention with absolutely zero expectations. I was both amazed and a little bored to be completely honest, but that's also due to my own fault. For starters, I went by myself. I didn't know anyone else going. I did post about it, but I didn't really find anyone that I could connect with. I did try to get another ticket for my mom, but by the time I went to buy a ticket for her, everything was already sold out because they do cap it at around 3000 and they sold out for the convention about a month prior, which is super exciting. That's amazing. There's so many Whovian that wanted to attend this convention, but it was kind of a bummer because my mom didn't get to go and I was going by myself. The other thing that I think contributed to me being a tad bored was the fact that I did not stay at the hotel. Smaller conventions like Gallifrey One or like Multiverse Con, it's a convention that I went to in Atlanta, Georgia last year. They're smaller conventions. They're really meant for people to stay at the hotel that the convention's held at. And it's very communal or community. So it's a lot of getting to make friends and getting to meet people that are fan in the same fandoms as you and really connect with other people. Because I did not stay at the hotel, I think I lost out a lot in that aspect of the convention. But the main reason I decided not to was one, I was going by myself. So it didn't really make sense to get a hotel room and spend that much money, especially because it's in Los Angeles. I live in Orange County, which means it's about 35 miles away or 45 minutes with no traffic and three hours with traffic. <laughs> so I decided to just make that commute every time. So I think if I would have stayed at the hotel, it would have been a lot more enjoyable, mainly because I was I would have been able to participate in things that I did not get to. And I will also mention that it's not that I didn't get to because I was not staying on the premises. It was more I did not really feel like staying at the hotel until 9, 10 o'clock at night with a gap of nothing to do. I think if you were staying at the hotel, it's easy to do that because you can have dinner and then go do karaoke and do some meetups, or you can go up to the room and you know put your stuff away get ready go back down have more fun and because I didn't have really anything or anywhere to go or anyone to hang out with really I just kind of felt like you know I'm not really gonna stay I it's just not for me I'm just gonna drive home of course when I got in my car uh, it was a three-hour drive to get home, so I laughed and I said, heck to the no. I decided to go check out a bookstore that was about a mile down the road because why not? Checked out a bookstore, went, made reservations, and had ramen for dinner, which was like a 45-minute wait to get a table, but Anyways, I'm getting off track, back to the convention. So I think the bottom line is if I would have gone with someone or known people that were gonna be there or stayed on the premises at the hotel, I think it really would have elevated my experience and I would not have gotten bored at all. 
But because of those three things, it led me on Friday to get to the point where I kind of felt like, you know, this is fun. This is cool. I'm a little bored. I, do, I feel very a little out of place. I don't really know what to do. And I kind of just sat there and I was like, I feel awkward. Um, you know, social anxiety, it's great. But I think one of the other main reasons for that feeling to come on, especially very quickly on the first day, is because smaller conventions like Gallifrey One, like Multiverse Con, where they're in a hotel, it's very much geared for panels. These conventions are essentially, you have a convention full of panels, and you have a dealer's room or exhibit hall. Whereas other conventions that I'm used to going to, like San Diego Comic-Con, WonderCon, Emerald City Con, all of those conventions, you have an exhibit hall with panels. And I'm not saying that the panels are not amazing because they are, especially like San Diego Comic-Con, you have Hall H where there are incredible panels, but the exhibit hall is so much larger. It's not even like the scale is wildly different compared to smaller conventions. And so I think having that as what I'm used to doesn't really help when I go to smaller conventions because there's really only so much walking around you can can do, especially when it's a smaller exhibit hall. So you're gonna end up going to panels. And here's the thing, because I'm so used to such a massive exhibit hall, I'm not used to going to panels and I kind of am meh about them. I don't really care for them, to be completely honest. I will say that mindset is very much changing thanks to Gallifrey One and Multiverse Con. But in general, I've always kind of felt when I go to San Diego Comic-Con or the bigger conventions, there are so many other things that I would rather check out, see, do, meet up with that I just never go to panels. And if I do, I'm kind of like, okay, this is cool, but not really something that I'm super interested in. And you know, it's just not my thing. So because Gallifrey One is set up where it's all about panels and a smaller exhibit hall, I just kind of got bored and I was like, I don't have anyone to hang out with. I don't really know what panels to check out. I don't know what to do. And I was kind of like, do I really want to come back on Saturday? Is it worth the drive? Maybe I don't, maybe I do. And I finally made the decision to come back, which I am so, so thankful that I did. Um, stupidly, I did not go to a panel on Friday. I truly believe that if I would have gone to a panel on Friday, it would have changed my experience more because I would have enjoyed it and I would have actually gotten to like see people speak about things and all of that. And I think it's amazing, but I did not. I was very stupid stupid. So I ended up going home and I woke up late on Saturday once again, which was very frustrating. It is what it is. So by the time I got down to the convention center site, which is near LAX, it's actually at the LAX Marriott. I got there at about, I want to say it was about 11 o'clock or 1030, between 1030 and 11. And the main thing I wanted to do on Saturday was meet Jodie Whittaker and have her sign my art print that I bought at the exhibit hall at Gallifrey One for $10, which was a steal because it is such a beautiful art print. So I immediately kind of went to the line, which was unofficial. And they basically said, please don't line up. We're lining up for a photo op at the moment. And so I just kind of stood there and you know, I still at that moment, I was like, I feel kind of out of place. I don't really know what to do with myself. So I'm just gonna stand here. Maybe I'll get my phone out. And then someone looked over and they're like, oh, how are you? And sparked a conversation. I became part of a group. I made friends. 
it was amazing. I had a wonderful time. So I think that's truly what was missing on Friday is I did not know anyone and I did not really make an effort to get to know anyone. Whereas on Saturday, because we were waiting for an hour to even get into the line because they didn't want us to line up yet, I got to hang out with people and meet people and talk about things. And it was just so much fun. And after that, it really changed my mindset. And I was like, you know, this con is amazing. It was just very much my own bias and my own awkwardness and the fact that I didn't go with anybody. So Saturday was absolutely amazing. I will say I did spend more money than I was hoping to. My plan or my goal was to not spend more than $120 for the convention. And yeah, that did not quite happen. <laughs> Mainly because similar to other conventions for actors and actresses, you do have to pay for autographs. And which is also something that I'm not really used to or I've never done before. Um, from my understanding, at least, I've only been to San Diego Comic-Con twice now and both of them were post-pandemic. So I don't really have a lot to base what I'm about to say on. This is just from what I've seen and what I think. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con, you don't have to pay for autographs. They're free. Uh, you just have to like win the lottery in a sense and get a ticket or a wristband. So I've never really paid for an autograph. I did go to Emerald City Comic Con last year and you did have to pay for autographs. And I did not because I was like, what is this blasphemy? But Jodie Whittaker was going to be there. Jodie Whittaker was signing. I was going to get an autograph from Jodie Whittaker. I did not care. So one of the things I found out on Friday was a lot of everybody just wanted cash and not card, especially for the autographs. So I got cash and I thought, you know, I want to get maybe also Colin Baker's signature, the sixth doctor, because I think that would be incredible. His signature was $40. So I figured, okay, his signature is $40. Um, there was also the actress who played Ace. Hers was $40. Most of the people there were either 20 or 40. So I figured Jodie Whittaker, she probably is gonna be more. I'm gonna say 60, maybe 70. I was wrong. It was $85, but it was worth every penny. So that is the only autograph I have ever paid for outright without buying something and getting the signature. I'm used to book signings. You buy the book and you get it signed. It's essentially not free, but it is because, you know, you're already going to buy the book anyways. So I did buy her signature for $85. I bought the art print for 10 bucks. But one of the really amazing things that I did not only did I get that art print signed by Jodie Whittaker, the 13th Doctor, I got it signed by Chris Chibnall, who is the writer and producer of Doctor Who, at least while Jodie Whittaker was the Doctor, and I got it signed by Jamie Magnus Stone, who was the director for those seasons. So I felt like it's the trifecta, the director, the writer-producer, and the Doctor. What more could I want? <laughs> so it was very much worth it. The other thing I bought were three books, two of which were like 15 bucks, and uh, they were anthologies, Doctor Who, obviously. One of the authors in those anthologies were at the convention and was signing, so I bought them and got them signed, which was awesome. The other book that I bought was pre-signed. I bought the book for $50, and the reason I rationalized it in my head, because the original book cost $20, and I have read it. It's absolutely amazing. It's called At Childhood, At Childhood's End. It is by, I can't think of her name, but it is by the 
actress who played Ace, which was one of the Doctor companions back in classic Doctor Who. So she wrote this book. It is really good. I listened to the audiobook last year. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't own a physical copy yet. I saw physical copies for sale and I was going to buy one. I could have either paid $25 because there was a little bit of a markup or pay $50. And I chose $50. The reason is it was already signed. If I would have just bought the book, even if I had just bought the book at price for 20 bucks, she was charging $40 for a signature, which means it would have been $60 in total. So technically speaking, I saved $10 by only buying the $50 book. So that's at least how I'm justifying that purchase because, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, wow, I spent so much money this weekend. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I bought. I definitely want to go back to Gallifrey One again. So I only went Friday and Saturday. I did not attend on Sunday. And the main reason for that is, again, I didn't really know anyone. I was going alone. I wasn't staying at the hotel. But also I got everything that I really wanted to get done done on Saturday. The other thing that I like desperately wanted to do was sit for the panel of Jodie Whittaker's interview. I also wanted to sit down for the Colin Baker interview, but the problem with that one is it was so packed by the time I got there for the Colin Baker that it was standing room only. And I thought, you know, I'll just step outside. I'll come back for Jody's interview. It's fine. I did not think that one through. That was a very stupid thought process, Josh. Do not make that mistake again. Because I got up, I went, charged my phone for five, 10 minutes, came back, and the line for Jody Whitaker's signing, or signing, for Jody Whitaker's panel for the interview was over 150 people long. It was very, very long. And so I decided, well, I'm going to get in this line, obviously. And when I got in the line, the people that were working in the event were basically like, hey, just so you know, there is a 99% chance that you will not be getting into the panel because most of the people that are already inside are going to stay for Jody's as well. And so we're only going to be letting people in as people come out. So at this point, you can stand in line. You might get in. It's extremely unlikely. However, we're going to give you a priority ticket to come back on Sunday. So when you come on or in Sunday morning, uh, just line up early and you will get first access. You can get front of the row seats and you don't have to worry about anything and you'll make sure to get a seat. And I was like, okay, well, this really sucks because I was not planning on coming back on Sunday. And that was the one thing I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, if I can't get in, so be it. I will go back on Sunday. I got in. I got in. They stopped the line about 50 people. And I, I should say there was more like a few hundred, not 150. There were a lot of people. But there was about 50 people in front of me by the time they stopped the line. And they basically said, if anyone is willing to stand, you can go in. Otherwise, the seats are full. We're not allowing any more people to go into sit. So I said, uh, yeah, I'm going in. I don't care if I'm standing on one leg for the entire interview. I want to be there for this interview. So I went. And it was awesome. I It made me really appreciate Jody as the doctor on a different level because to be completely honest and frank about Doctor Who and my opinions on the matter, Jodi was not necessarily my favorite. I didn't dislike her. I did enjoy her as the doctor. She just wasn't like, oh, I love her as a doctor. But I think part of that also was the writing, which again, I was very excited to meet Chris Chibnall. I think he is wonderful and he was super, super kind. So was Jodie Whittaker. She was absolutely amazing. But Chris Chibnall's writing, at least for the first season, in my opinion, was more politically and socially driven, which I did not really care for. So I think for that, at the beginning, Jodie really wasn't my favorite doctor, but 
enjoyed her. I definitely enjoyed her. However, after attending that panel and hearing her talk about her experience as a doctor and things that she went through and the experience of her getting the role and everything in between really made me appreciate her on a completely different level to where she is one of my favorite doctors at this point. So I am so happy that we got Jodi as one of the doctors on Doctor Who. I'm also very excited for the next doctor that is coming. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Gallifrey 1. I did enjoy Jodi as a doctor, especially that I saw her talk. I think it just really brought her doctor and her what she brought to the table to a different level. I also found one thing very interesting and very smart um, that she does. She stays off of social media completely. So she does not have a TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. She doesn't have any of that. And she made the comment how um, a lot of the times, you know, it's kind of like, well, she doesn't have it, but it proved to be very beneficial when she was announced to become the doctor because people had very strong opinions, both positive and negative. And because she doesn't have social media or access to it, not access, she has access, but she chooses not to go on. So she denies herself access, therefore not having access. She was not oblivious, but she was not bombarded with that when she was announced that she was going to be the doctor. So I think that was really smart and it's something that she stuck with. And this that's a decision that she made well before she was even considered to become a doctor. So I think it's something that's I could totally understand an actor, actress, anyone in the limelight or the public eye wanting to do that. I think that's probably a really smart decision on their part, in my opinion. So anyways, I think that's everything that I really wanted to talk about. That's kind of my experience at Gallifrey 1. I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though I did get a little bit bored at first. And again, like I said, that's my own fault. I do plan to go again next year and I'm hoping to get some friends together so I can go with the group and I will probably try and stay at the hotel so I can have the full convention experience for Gallifrey One because I think that will truly make the difference. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I know it's very different from what I usually do. Up until now, every episode has been an author interview. This is the first time it's just been me rambling on. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and if you did, please let me know because it will determine if I do more episodes like this. I will also say my podcast in general will be changing a little bit, especially for season two. So if you did listen to the first episode, I interviewed Herman Strunagel, who is the author of Eclipse, which is absolutely amazing if you haven't checked it out. Like I truly enjoyed it so much that I bought the hardcover. It just got in today. I'm very, very excited about it. I will probably reread it or at least listen to it once the audiobook comes out soon. Anyways, this is episode two. Episode three, I'm going to be talking about crime and thriller books with a fellow book talker, which is going to be so much fun. And I'm going to kind of be going through a few different things on my podcast. I'll be bringing on different book talkers and bookstagrammers, other readers, maybe possibly some other people in the industry as far as books go, or pretty much just anything in pop culture. So if you guys have any ideas of what you would want to hear me talk about or you'd want to see me do on my podcast, feel free to message me. You can email me. You can message me on my social medias, whatever you, your heart desires. But I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next Wednesday, have a wonderful day and happy reading. Mm-hmm.